0: Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. And as dark as I know it looks out there, the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom. And it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission. It's Sheila Zelensky. The Sheila Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now. Here is your host, End Time Watchwoman, Sheila Zelensky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Tuesday, March 24th edition of the Sheila Zelensky Show. My guest today, folks, is Don Blazar. Don is from the North American chapter of the Last Reformation training. His website is thelastreformationusa.com I've got it bookmarked there at weekendvigilante.com and folks, it's really exciting for me to bring Don on to talk about how he got involved with The Last Reformation what kind of training is going on in the Pioneer School as well as what kind of things that they are seeing boots on the ground as you know, I played the intro session of the founder of thelastreformation.com he also is the author of thelastreformation.com, Torben Sondergaard, I played a introduction to the Pioneer School training, which is 20 sessions. And again, it is bookmarked there as well. And I think this is such powerful, revolutionary teaching, and it really gets into a fundamental analysis of the Book of Acts. It gets into many lessons and how we can go out and do what Jesus commissioned us to do, very powerful stuff, and it's actually a reformation. And so when we throw that word around, there's a lot of confusion. But anyway, welcome to the program, Don Blizzard. It's a pleasure to have you on.
1: Uh, thank you very much. It's great to be with you.
0: Well, it's fantastic to have you on. It's a real pleasure, and it's really exciting what God's doing here. So, Don, tell the listeners how you got involved, why this is so powerful, why this really is revolutionary, and why it's changing lives across the globe
1: okay well there's a mouthful there uh what's what's happening now upon the face of the earth it's quite amazing uh what we are seeing is that god is is moving very powerfully uh here in the 21st century and he's moving amongst his saints and i think what we see happening what's taking place right now as we speak uh there is a there's a new reformation uh, taking place amongst uh, the body of Christ around the world. And what it's doing is uh, it's bringing us back, I think, to our our biblical foundations, the roots of of the church, and getting us, uh, again, back to what they did in the book of Acts. Because when we look at the church today, it's very, very different than what we see in the first century. And I think most of your listeners who have ever taken the time to read the book of Acts uh, would quickly uh, make the same discovery that most of us make when we read that. Uh, usually the typical response is we, we read the book of Acts and we look up and we say, my gosh, what happened? I think what's what's going on today is so different than what we see happening in the first century with the saints. You've got 12 men back then who were trained by Christ himself, and these 12 men literally went out and overcame many, many obstacles. Uh, They overcame the the religion of their time in in Israel with with the Jewish faith. And they also overcame the Roman Empire, which is quite a feat. Yes. (laughs) And and here here we are centuries later living with the legacy of all that. But, you
0: know, actually, Don, funny you just said the Roman Empire, because actually we're almost looking at a re-emergence though of the roman empire with the sort of tyrannical system that we live in today though we're really seeing almost a re-emergence of this same style that was at play during christ's time
1: yes and as as that phoenix uh, arises from the ashes so to speak as we read uh, in scripture at the same time we see the kingdom of god beginning to rise up yes and it's it's pretty amazing because there's there's a direct link here, uh, I think, to Pentecost and what took place during the time in the first century. They were reading at that time the prophet Joel, if if you recall, and and it, and Joel speaks about how God is going to pour out His Spirit in the last days upon all flesh, and I think that is really the essence right now of what's taking place upon the face of the earth. So it's this is exactly what we see going on, and it's very very exciting because. During the First Reformation, that took place back in uh, 1517 with Martin Luther, there was a a rediscovery of Christ, so to speak. It was the Reformers that were trying to reform the Roman Church at that time. But instead of reforming the Roman Church, uh, what happened as a result, it became an offshoot of it. And so what's happened since that time, it's taken the Roman Church into a Reformation, but yet... It held on to a lot of the things that it shouldn't have and took a lot of things it should have discarded. So instead of reforming the Roman Church back to the Book of Acts, it ended up becoming just a form of it.
0: Several weeks ago, I posted something. I just felt really compelled to post something, and this is exactly verbatim what I posted. But what I didn't realize, Don, is what kind of response from my listening audience. So this is what I posted. I posted. I said, when is the last time you witnessed genuine healing or deliverance in your church? In a day when church leaders are moving into a seeker-friendly philosophy, true Pentecost and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are no longer held in high esteem. In addition, the true gospel of Christ is not given the reverence it deserves. Jesus commissioned his true disciples then and now to do as he did. We are to preach the kingdom, cast out devils, lay hands on the sick, and minister the gospel. The big question is... How many of our churches are really a threat to Satan's kingdom? What I was stunned about, Dawn, was the fact that just the amount of people that said, you know what, I don't even go to church anymore. The churches in my area are not alive at the Holy Ghost. Most don't know them. This was comment after comment. You know, oh, my church just believes they can do Easter egg hunts and just bring in other pagan traditions. <laughs> like, it just went on and on. This was a real wake-up for me. How does a person respond to that kind of ubiquitous thought process out of true spirit-filled believers?
1: Well, I think what we need to do, Sheila, is we really need to look at the full picture of what was going on, through not only through history, but even prior to Christ. A lot of this started, believe it or not, about three centuries prior to the arrival of Christ coming uh, to the earth and manifesting himself in human flesh. Uh, What we see taking place since the days... Uh, We're talking now about a period here between the period of Malachi and the period of Matthew. And during that time in biblical history, there was about a 400-year period of silence. And God was not speaking with the saints or anyone during that time. In fact, we didn't have the church then, of course. Christ hadn't yet come. But what did come in that time, I would call it a sort of spiritual vacuum. Uh, It was during that period where you have the Greek philosophers had risen up. And there were two of them, namely, that uh, their philosophy has profoundly affected our thinking here in the West as it has in the Eastern world. And those two philosophers were Aristotle and Plato. And Aristotle came from the West. And most of Western civilization today, you'll see is a direct legacy of Aristotle's thinking. And Aristotle and Plato, they had come to the conclusions that there were two realms. There's a physical realm and there's a spiritual realm, and that these two worlds are separate. And in Aristotle's mind, the reality wasn't the spiritual world, it was the physical world. So in the mind of Aristotle, in order to assimilate into the physical world, we have to focus on the things of the senses. So What's happened in the West as a result of the thinking of this philosopher, Aristotle, to assimilate, we do things to please the senses. So it could be you know, art, uh, second home, sports, all these things that, that appeal to us. And as a result, the West has become very material. And then over in the East, we have this other philosopher named Plato. And what happened as a result of his thinking? Uh, he believed that it was the spiritual that was real, and the physical was not the reality. And so they would try to suppress the physical body over in the East to get out of the physical into the spiritual, which they thought was the reality there. So as a result, we have Aristotle with his thinking that led the, the West to this materialistic thinking. And Aristotle's thinking in the East today... Again, as I said, it's affected us so much here. But in the East, the East became very mystical under Plato. So we have the mystical East and the physical West. And as a result, Sheila, it was during that first century, a lot of the early uh, saints, the apostles, the disciples of Christ were fighting with this Gnostic influence that was trying to creep in and, and keep these worlds apart. Today in the West, I'll give you an example You've got Madonna singing, we're living in a material world, and I'm a material girl. Well, of course, (laughs) that's part (laughs) of our legacy from Aristotle. And I think in the West, we've become so material. And what's happened, I've noticed a trend that's taken place. And this trend really uh, took a hold of at least the United States, which leads the Western world in the 1960s. And this began with the Beatles. These four young men came over from Liverpool and they had hit material success very quickly. They hit their stride, and it wasn't uh, that long that they became disenfranchised with with the material things. And you'll notice that if you look back through the history of the Beatles, even, you'll see that their their music began to change. They began to write songs, money can't buy me love, for example. And what happened was, as a result of being disenfranchised with the material they now began to look eastward toward the mystical and began consulting the gurus. So what the the Beatles were doing, not being satisfied in the material things, and it, it goes right along with the Bible. The Bible says man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what we see here, even if you give a man just every word that comes from the mouth of God, you have still not treated him as a human being. Because he needs at least bread to survive. But the fact is, man needs both the physical and the spiritual. And the reason for that is this. When God created man, he created us above the animals and below the angels. So in man, both the physical and the spiritual combine. And the problem is, today in the Western world, we've we've kind of adopted that Greek thinking that came in early. And we still keep these two realms separate. So we bring that now into the church, and then we weigh them. On one side of the scale, we put the physical things. On another side, we put the spiritual things. And in the church, the spiritual things weigh more. And so we now rate the spiritual things on a scale as opposed to the physical things. So the spiritual, we put way up high on a pedestal. The physical, we put way down below. And as a result of all that, in the church, it created a hierarchy. We have new words that are created, for example, clergy and laity. We now are rating these things on a scale and separating them, much like Aristotle and Plato did. New words like secular, sacred, all these things which have affected us. And as a result, this hierarchy began to form within the body of Christ and about three centuries in, it was with a Roman emperor named Constantine, along with a Gnostic monk who had converted uh, named Augustine. It created and set up this whole system that we are living with the effects of today. A lot of this was being battled by the apostles in the first century. For example, if you look at John's writings, he was battling this very thing. But these two realms, Sheila, they perfectly combined. And it's interesting because the Bible is a Jewish book, and it's Jewish from cover to cover. And the physical and the spiritual, they go together. But as long as we continue to separate these two things, I think we're missing the main point of what God wants to do. But again, this predates, again, the first century saints. So I think what happened was in the book of Acts, we see Christ you know, manifest in human flesh. And it's interesting. Christ was a carpenter's son. <laughs> his stepfather was a carpenter. So Jesus was a tradesman. And what Christ did in his ministry is he went out and called these 12 men from different walks of life, called these men along the Sea of Galilee. You'll see him walk along the shores and call fishermen to drop their nets and follow him. And that's what they did. And during his three-year ministry, Sheila, what he did is he took them out and he showed them how to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. Uh, he trained them through healing, casting out demons, raising the dead, and declaring the gospel. And this was, this was the gospel that John, the cousin of Jesus, was the forerunner of and was preparing people for. And, and, and it's very, very interesting because uh, what we see in the Bible is that the, the book of Acts is the only book that shows us today How to Become a Disciple of Jesus Christ. And in the church, what we're doing, for example, we're giving out the book of John, for example, as as a Bible tract. We're hoping people read the book of John to get as far as maybe John 3.16, which many today call the gospel in a nutshell. And the unfortunate thing with that is John 3.16 is probably one of the most misunderstood, mistranslated passages of Scripture today. And... uh, we don't have time to get into that now, but that's a whole other teaching, and, and it's very, very important. But in effect, I think what's happened, we've separated these two realms, but it's amazing how it's affected us. And the Western world, what are we focused on? The material things, all right? And if you go over to the East, let's say you were to go over to Singapore 50 years ago, what you would see would be bizarre walking down the streets. You would see people walking down the streets with, with different rods sticking through their bodies Hooks going through their backs, dragging stones down the street, uh, tattooed to the core, these people. And what they are are Hindu worshipers heading for the temple. And the reason they're piercing themselves and tattooing themselves is because they're trying to get out of the physical to get into the spiritual. Now, if we fast forward 50 years to today, it's, it's a very different picture we see happening now because in the material West, we become disenfranchised. So we're, yes, yes. we're bringing the New Age movement in. To fulfill something that we're not getting in the material by itself. And um, we have some of the most richest people in America. One of the richest women in America, Oprah Winfrey, is now the champion for the New Age movement.
0: Absolutely. The Church of Oprah. And what's really nightmarish is that all this New Age, is it's really subtle nuances. Throw in a couple of words like universal energy and Jesus consciousness. But it's very, very subtle, isn't it?
1: Well, it's, it's not only subtle. What, what's happening, it, it's the natural inclination of man. Because in man, both the spiritual and the physical combine. But when the physical things, you have every physical thing you could imagine and it doesn't satisfy you. You search for more because there's more than just the physical. And again, I think men are, men are craving the spiritual, but we're looking to the wrong sources. Uh, The richest people in America today, those are the ones who are out championing this New Age cause, bringing all this stuff into our culture. And yet, if you go over to Singapore today, it's very different there too, because what's happening is the West has been looking East, but at the same time, the East is looking West. If you go over to Singapore today, it looks like a 21st century version of New York City. If you look at China, for example, It's gone from extreme communism over to extreme capitalism. And now the Chinese are going from mysticism to materialism. These these worlds, the eastern and western hemispheres... There's been a pole shift.
0: Yes. Well, one of the things why I was so excited to talk to you, Don, was that you, now this is very exciting. You're involved with Torben Sondergaard from TheLastReformation.com who started a free online Bible Pioneer School with powerful lessons on salvation that like in the book of Acts, repentance, baptism in the Holy Ghost, as in the book of Acts, and preaching and healing, repenting, being baptized, how to share the gospel, that is really important, being led by the Spirit. We know Jesus' vision for the church. How do we go do it? And so this is really a massive equipping of how to exactly go do what we saw take place in the book of Acts. In the Great Commission, what are we taught to do? We are commissioned to do something. Jesus Christ's disciples are commissioned to laying on hands of sick people. We're supposed to be casting out devils. We are supposed to be preaching the good news, but yet there's something missing there. So I was really excited when I came across this. And I want you to get into a little bit of how this can begin.
1: Okay. One thing that Jesus said, and I think... It's very important for your listeners. If they can grasp this and really grab it, I think some things are taught and some things are caught. We need to catch this because this is something you can't teach. I think you can only catch it. This is what's transforming lives. Uh, What I just shared with you, just talking about the, the Greek thinking that separates the physical from the spiritual, Christ said this to his disciples, and this is so important. He said, the things that I did you will do also in greater things than these. Now, I, I used to be in Assemblies of God pastor reading that passage. And I'm looking at this passage like it's a giant hurdle that nobody could jump over. And you <laughs> almost whimsically look at that passage and say, well, that's nice, you know. And I think what happens in our minds, we have this picture and it's, it's Greek thinking again, okay? And it all goes back to this. We think it was easy for Jesus to do those things. He was the son of God. But I'm just a man. And Sheila, here's where the miracle of the Bible comes in. And, and if people can catch this. Christ always referred to himself as the son of man. He never called himself the only begotten of the Father. And the reason for that is very specific. And it's this, and here's what the listeners need to catch. Every miracle we read about in the Bible, every wonder, every healing, everything we see that Christ had done wasn't done as the Son of God, but it was done as the Son of Man under the power of the Holy Spirit. And Christ's ministry did not begin until he first went to see his cousin down at the Jordan River where John baptized him. And he received the third member of the Godhead who he relied upon as the son of man to start his ministry. And again, in going back to the first reformation that tried to reform the Roman church, they made a huge discovery during that time. They, They had rediscovered Christ. And at that time, the, the reformers were very, very put off by the mysticism that had crept into the Roman church. And, of course, that was there from its outset because Constantine, was he was a, a pagan sun worshiper. So you'll see that all the pagan culture made its way immediately into the church at the conversion of this Roman emperor. And, again, the, the first one being the Sabbath day. It got switched over from Saturday to Sunday. Now, of course, uh, Constantine's a sun worshiper. And it's just interesting as you look at, at all that through time. And, but in this last Reformation, we have rediscovered the third member of the Godhead. And I, I say this to a lot of people. In the Old Testament times, they rejected the Father. And during the days of the New Testament, we read about Christ. And they had rejected the Son. We in the body of Christ have been living in nearly 2,000 years of the church age. And for nearly 2,000 years, we've been rejecting the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And that is what that, it's that radical rediscovery of the third member of the Godhead that is giving us now the fullness of New Testament Christianity. And this goes far in, in wide, Sheila. Um, I'll give you an example. Everything in the Bible, uh, the sacraments that we, we have in the church. We've redefined a sacrament, again, based on Greek thinking. We separate the physical from the spiritual. And then we redefine a sacrament to say a sacrament is nothing more than an inward sign of an outward reality. It's, it's almost ma- it's mainstream. If you look up a sacrament or ask any evangelical what a sacrament is, they're going to tell you it's an outward sign of an inward reality. And what we're doing, like Aristotle and Plato, are separating those two realms. What a sacrament really is, it's when heaven and earth touch, they kiss, they connect. And wherever you see the physical and the spiritual touch and connect, that is the place of miracles. And our Bible is a book chock full of miracles. In fact, the first miracle we see, the first sacrament that we see, is is in the Old Testament. It goes back to, to the Garden of Eden. It goes back to two trees. And if you recall, there were two trees in the Garden of Eden. And these are just physical trees, but through the eating of a physical tree, you could either mediate spiritual life or spiritual death. So you see where the physical partaking of a tree would now have a spiritual effect, and it would move something in the realm of the spirit. And because of that disconnect, it's hard for us to to make that connection and again, it's because we've adopted this Greek thinking through time. But the amazing thing is this. With the rediscovery of the Holy Spirit, the physical and spiritual are now coming back together again. And we're taking out people. And again, we have Greek thinking because before we come to Christ, Sheila, it's almost impossible for us to think of Jesus, a man, as being God. Because we're thinking like Aristotle. Right. Right. But then after we come to Christ, we can no longer picture Jesus as being a man. Now he's God. So it's like, it's either Aristotle or Plato. We we go from one side over to the other.
0: Absolutely. Well, and one of the things that I really, I was always really amazed by this, Don, and I always thought how do you make this a reality in luke 7 2 there we see there there's a centurion servant whom his master valued highly was sick he was about to die and then suddenly you know the centurion heard of jesus and he sent some elders of the jews to go get him and he asked him to come and heal his servant what was amazing to me is when the centurion sent friends to say to him lord don't trouble yourself for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. So this man obviously had some authority over his soldiers. The military operates by authority. So this centurion understood exactly the nature of authority. To me, this is Jesus' very unusual reaction to what the centurions said he was amazed at him and he turned to the crowd and what was stunning to me as he said i tell you i've not found such great faith even in all of israel why was jesus amazed at that centurion he was amazed at the centurion's great faith the person don who really truly understands authority will no doubt will do the things under our authority so when we issue a command it, it is done. I mean, why do you think there's such a separation between us understanding our authority in Jesus Christ as a group of believers?
1: Well, I think we tend to forget that we are his body upon the earth. And uh, the things that he did, yes, we can do also. And, and again, it's knowing that authority of who we are in Christ. It's amazing how that is such an abstract concept to the body of Christ. Yes. And again, it's like the only time... That we enter into the spiritual in the mind of most Christians today is, is when we get together to either pray or worship, and that's it. And then we don't understand the connection between these two realms. For example, I'll give you another one in, in Scripture where, where Paul tells Timothy to go out. He says, what? Stir up the, the gifts that are in you through the laying on of hands. Right. So it's, it's through the physical act of laying on hands right. that you stir up those gifts, and again we we only look at it as something that's spiritual, and we almost disconnect ourselves from it, and then even heaven itself becomes an abstract concept and uh it's it's something that's way out there and it's untouchable and it's untenable and we we can't reach it and one day we think we're gonna die and it's like the cartoons we watch as a kid. Well, Tom and Jerry, where the, the cat, you know, he, he has an anvil fall on him, and then this ghost comes <laughs> out of him, and he begins to float off into the clouds, you know, with wings and a harp. Heaven becomes St. Peter's gates. And, and little do we know that yeah. Christ, God is moving in, the Father's moving to the earth at the end. It's going to be here on a new earth, and because these two things connect. so. You see how it it goes deep, and it's deep in our conscience and in our psyche that these things, there's like a giant disconnect. But in Christ, both the spiritual and the physical perfectly connect. And, And it's amazing because if you look at the Eastern world and the Western world, right exactly in the middle is this tract of land called Jerusalem. And it's in the Middle East where these things connect. And there's two world religions. There's Christianity and Judaism from which Christianity arose where these things perfectly combine. And and again, we're now rediscovering the third member of the Godhead. So we see this is just completely transforming lives. And what we do is we take people out. And, yeah, we've coined that terminology kickstart because I think that's what people need. Uh, We need to be reminded and we, we've so equipped ourselves over the years in the church, and we, we only focus on teaching and evangelism. And it's it's a very different perspective than what it was in the early days. The church in the earlier time, Sheila, used to focus on maintenance, and that's making disciples and making them strong. But today our churches have become seeker-sensitive um, outlets for evangelism. Yes, very well, seeker-friendly, aren't they? <laughs> well, we focus on making on, on, on bringing people into the church rather than bringing them into Christ. And, and so, you know, evangelism today becomes an invitation Sunday of getting somebody into your church and you close the door on them and, and run out and get another one. And these people are not being brought to Christ. I think they're being brought uh, to something entirely different than, than what we see in the book of Acts. So it's a radical movement right now that's taking place. And again, it's affecting so many lives. And boy, I'll tell you, our first time out with this, it was, it was amazing for us. Because again, I, I used to be in Assemblies of God pastor, and it was in the middle of a sermon on a Sunday where the voice of the Lord spoke to me. And this was not a, a still small voice, Sheila. This was a public service announcement.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: it was very clear what the Lord said. He said, Don, it's time to go. Sheila, it couldn't have been any clearer. And, uh, I I just kept preaching during that that message on the Sunday. And that's, that voice spoke again and said, Don, you need to go now. And I said, well, where, Lord? And as I looked up, he said, the door is right there. So at the end of the service, I pulled my wife aside and said, uh, you're not going to believe what happened. God spoke. And she said, what did he say? He said to go. Go where? <laughs> uh, he said to go out that door. So what ended up happening, I ended up going out and buying a bullhorn and and some uh, banners. And and I was the quintessential street preacher standing on the the street corners out in the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where, you know, not knowing where God wanted us, except to say he wanted us outside the walls. But I knew then when he spoke, he told me to get out of the system that, that we were in.
0: Wow, isn't that incredible? So yeah. once you got out of the system, God began obviously to show you, because we're, we're, like you said, we're all intertwined in this pagan system, and it's really coming out of that system, like the word says, come out of her, come out yes. of Babylon. So now I think this is why what's going on here with you and Torben is so exciting because it's really a way to unite the true ecclesia, the body of Christ, the end time saints to say, okay, let's get back to the basics here. And this whole teaching series and this, but it's not just a teaching series. It's more of a, it's kind of like a remnant roundup to me. And remember we, you and I talked about the Lord really put this on my heart last spring when I was down at the Whitestone Remnant Conference, the remnant need to be rounded up for lack of a better word. I know that's kind of a cowboy term, but so it was really strong in my heart. And I really thought, well, what does this even look like, Lord? You know, what does it look like to come out of this system, come out of the box and get back into that, you know, liberating covenant, that reformation of the church system, but also to start seeing the power of the Holy Ghost again. When you look at guys like Smith Wigglesworth, people were healed in his shadow. People would get in a bed where he slept and get filled with the Holy Ghost. And that is really something I think a lot of us just want to see that kind of power of God, done.
1: Yeah. And there's, well, the, again, there's been such a polarization through the years um, within Christianity and and i think what's what's happened today it, it's devolved into a lot of uh, what i call holy wars uh you know people arguing doctrine and and trying to how to dare fit. you
0: believe in the post-tribulation they've said to me yeah the post-trib well, rapture yeah. how dare you <laughs> i'm never well, talking to you again sister sheila oh,
1: it, it doesn't come without controversy believe me and 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 it's no different than it was in the days of christ so we discover that not much has changed in two thousand years but I think what, what we're on the precipice of right now, Sheila, is something that is so radical that it is challenging the entire mainstream church of this day. And it's it's I think what's happened is we have redefined the church to be something other than what it was intended to be yes. in the first century. And that is that was the challenge of Christ in his day. And he, he was radical. We picture this, this, you know, mellow guy walking through the land. No, he was anything but. He was revolutionary uh, in what he was bringing uh, during the first century to the disciples. And this last Reformation is no different. And as we spoke about earlier, it wasn't until the temple was taken out of the way that the gospel began to go out to the ends of the earth. And... You know, for a lot of listeners that are listening to this, they're going to be radically challenged because it is the temple that we've created today is a building. And again, when we go to the building, that becomes the place now where we worship God and we put him inside of a box. And this is where God does things on Sundays. This is where God does things on Wednesday nights. And we now begin to think of church as a building instead of a body and it becomes a place instead of a people. And what's happening now is the last Reformation is getting people out of that box and into the harvest field. Christ said it himself. He said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Yes. And the problem today, we've got so many Christians around the world going to church and, and, and if you look at the society, it's it's decaying at, a, at an incredible rate. It's rapidly heading for decline. So it's becoming uh, increasingly decadent and uh, more Well, Don,
0: quite frankly, I call them social clubs that have motivational speakers at the helm because really – Any of these mainstream preachers, you look at, you know, I've been railing about Creflo Dollar asking for whatever $100 million plane. I mean, is this really where we're at? The most perilous times are coming upon us. The evil end days are ramping up. You know, Satan's wrath is about to pour out and the church is in a coma. I mean, this is really quite staggering. And that's why I think this is so exciting, Dawn, because... (laughs) You're right. The laborers are few, but what's exciting is that God is sovereign. I mean, he's God is on the throne and he is advancing his kingdom despite what's going on around us. And I think that's the key thing we have to focus on is really getting into that place where God wants us. So, where do we go from here for what's our next steps here, Don, to do some teaching in your opinion?
1: Uh, we know, we know that we're living in, in the end times. There's, there's just no question as we look around. And I love your analogy of the club because that's what church has become for us. It becomes a place where we just simply pay our dues and, uh, we're on a membership role, R-O-L-L, <laughs> rather than being members of a body where everyone has a membership role, R-O-L-E. And so what we're doing is we are going out and we are meeting with people, uh, our, ministry isn't in a temple where we meet uh, it's primarily it's social media right now we're using as a tool which is amazing in the days we're living in because we're putting it out there and as people connect to that they're contacting us so we're getting calls and emails right now all over the world and uh Torben is out handling a lot of europe and making connections there and i'm handling north america which is canada and the united states and um What's happening now is we go out, we are having uh, training and equipping weekends where people see a video on YouTube of something which basically is is New Testament Christianity. A lot of these are churched people that they're yearning for something and they've not seen the power of it. And when they see a video like this, it just compels them to contact us and we then go out and we train and equip them and again we don't go out and just have a a session where we preach we actually give a briefing and during that briefing Sheila we cover 2000 years of church history in in about less than 2 hours wow and, and in that we give a broad overview because i think it's important that we understand where we came from to know where we are and then we take them forward and then it's out into the fields so we then take them out where they can get hands-on experience.
0: So how can people now get trained and equipped?
1: well, we are we are working on the us. Pioneer School now of putting together uh, that very weekend into a, a series of videos of how we do it. And I know you know Torbin and I had spoken a while back when we had met, and subsequently what came from that is the Pioneer School. But in a, in a society where we're so distracted, we've got so many things coming at us, I think hour-and-a-half lessons are are tough for people to get through. So what we're looking to do is to put together a series of videos in digestible bits, and I think also you know uh, putting it together perhaps as a radio broadcast, yes. and then at the end, if people wish to have us come, contact us, because what we're doing, we'll come out, we'll meet with these people, and they if they help us with airfare, because we're not we're not a supported ministry. So, well, you just might be soon. <laughs> well, we need support, uh, Sheila, and to, to help us to get out, because not everyone who contacts us can afford to help us with airfare and, and, and a place to stay to get out there. So what that does, uh, that support will help us to be able to do this for those who can't afford to bring us out. But for those who can, if they would contact us, we would gladly come out there take them through a training and equipping weekend and it's not just classroom this is the problem everything today is classroom 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 we're we're actually going to take people out into the harvest field where they themselves are going to experience the power of god working through them and it's it's exactly what christ said we're going to do the things that jesus did and as we go out and train and equip on these weekends People that have been in church for many, many years are just blown away when the power of God begins working through them. It just it transforms them. And so when we go out, here's the amazing thing. We get contacted. They bring us out. We have a training and equipping weekend. And then when we leave, not only have we left a footprint, that footprint becomes a foot and it grows legs. And there are groups in that area. That are now beginning to form and go out and then we will give them the platform of getting the testimony out and raising that testimony up which is essential because christ said if i be lifted up i will draw all men unto myself
0: i think that's really exciting that we're starting to see then you'll go and train and equip one group and then they'll take they, it and run with it. That, it that's exciting
1: and we're adding them to our website as contacts for their area
0: Oh, so, wonderful. So, you're kind of rounding up the remnant on. <laughs>
1: well, we're doing exactly that. We're setting Sheila, we're working on setting up a network, a vast network where we can have contact now with as we get calls from that area where we've trained. We I don't have to go back there again. Right. We we've got a we've got saints there that are rising up and taking this thing and they're running with it. And again, as their lives are being transformed, they're transforming many, many other lives and and the the kingdom of God is increasing exponentially. So that is that is our goal, and it's not just a one-man thing. Um, again, it's got to start somewhere, right? But we're, we're going out now to, to these different areas to help get it started, and then we're just kind of, here, grab the torch and run, and we'll support you all the way. Torben and I have both pictured, uh, and I know it's it's beginning to happen a lot in Europe where he is now, in Denmark and, and surrounding countries over there, but as well as here in North America – uh, yeah, if we could have a coliseum of people coming for a training and equipping weekend and going out and literally just taking the territory for Christ, it's just amazing.
0: Amen. What are people's next step?
1: Uh, well, their next step they could either look at the Pioneer School. I think is is an option online. And uh, again, I think we're, as we we're talking about, some people have a hard time understanding Danish with the accent, but uh, a lot of people are endeared uh, to that, and it's a good resource. And I think again, that's it's there and uh, it's something that's useful. I think we've got to look at this. It's a two-pronged approach, and they've got to go hand in hand. I think going out. Uh, I think yes. it's getting people together and and taking them as well. So, yeah, if we could get this into a into a a large group, we could. My gosh, we could affect so many areas at once.
0: Well, I've got a large group listening. That's what I'm
1: thinking. Well, tell your <laughs> listeners to contact us, and we'll we'll be more than happy because what's What's been happening with us it's it's been a pull for me uh, full time in in getting out there now uh, my wife and i we we were self-employed and my wife just said to me don you you just got to go this is this is it's 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 going so yeah. our our goal is to get full time into the harvest field out to these areas where we can bring this to others and get them established so that they themselves can take this and do it as well but also I think it's like Christ. He took a small number of uh, saints with him to train so that they could be trainers as well. So I think, again, with us, it's, it's not just going out and healing the sick and doing all this stuff and training people to do that, which you can do immediately, but it's also training up trainers who understand the full scope of this thing, who can actually go out and then present it to large groups themselves. It's been amazing. As far as the people grabbing onto it, it's it's been amazing. So again, uh, we we're just going out and training trainers and, and 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 equipping people as well. So I think, you know, it's time to take this thing. It's it's this is a part of the last major push of God upon the face of the earth, and time is short. And of course, the, the God's playing catch up with the saints.
0: Oh, absolutely, catch up indeed. And I think this is the last great thing we're going to see in our time. And I really believe God is really moving in a powerful way through this.
1: What God is doing right now, Sheila, is so insane that it's giving us, it's giving us a backstage pass to all these groups that don't want this thing you'd think or are or, or into this thing. And I think what's happening is they're discovering fellowship for the first time, uh, which you can't produce in church, by the way. People are blown away at how real this is and how real we are. When people bring somebody out to an area, they think it's the anointed man of God. And when they discover, no, it's just Don. <laughs> and his ball cap, which you'll always see me in, they're, they're looking for flash and splash, and, and they're not getting that. And, and again, it's so different, I think, than what people expect. But God is giving us the leeway through the Spirit and just being real that's it's allowing us to talk to people on subjects that you couldn't normally address this is a genuine work of the spirit we're sensing we're sensing the times that we're in
0: well, I really want to encourage people to sow into this because of the fact that, it, and it's not about sow to get something back. I wish people could get off this, yeah. you know, and that's where this prosperity thing has got so dangerous because it's not about just sowing for reaping. I mean, I, I don't like that. Yeah. Oh, you're going to be blessed right. ten tenfold if you just sow. Well, yeah, that could happen, happened. but God says it very simply, be a joyful giver.
1: Well, exactly. Here's the, here's the prosperity gospel, the real one. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And that's it.
0: Amen. And all these other things will be added in, too.
1: Yeah, I, I, we're on the same page there, big time, Sheila. Uh, you know, Christ said, take nothing with you, and that the wa- laborer is worthy of his wage. But people shouldn't go in thinking that this is some kind of occupation or career. It's seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And when you learn about prosperity according to the Bible— it's natural it's ordered and it is sequential and it's ordered by God and again good, yeah. it's yeah. not just money it's if you have a right let's say you have a right relationship with your wife or your husband your marriage is going to prosper if you have a right relationship with money you'll never be broke it's putting into perspective but seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness that's a and b and if you put a first and b second c is guaranteed it's sequential it's next And it's ordered by God. So we're chasing C without going through A or B to get there.
0: Amen. That's really powerful. And that is true. You just hit it on the head. That's good, Don.
1: It's a byproduct. It should never be the goal, ever. If it's the goal, then you shouldn't be in the ministry.
0: Well, and many people are missing the mark, aren't they, when it comes to... Well, again, I think we've got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back on how to share the gospel, how yeah. to repent and be baptized, how to preach and heal, how to be obedient, and how to really do what we are each commissioned to do, led by the Holy Spirit.
1: Yes. And the whole thing, Sheila, is about stewardship. And even God's grace, we have a, we have, we're accountable for the stewardship of that. We're not faithful in that. We could lose that which he gave us. So I think... That that's you know that that's a very controversial topic for many people, but uh, Christ gives parables time and time and time again about this, and he couldn't be any clearer than what he is. And and again, we have a tremendous stewardship responsibility as believers, and. Uh, yeah, if I think if our motives aren't right, then you, you're going to know anyway. You'll, you'll see a, a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. It's just, that's just how it is.
0: Well, I'm really, I got to tell you, Don, final moments, I've got to say, I'm really excited about this powerful move that's happening and i think it's really exciting for i really want all my listeners to really get involved here and start um you know i am just envisioning in my head like oh i wonder if don could go to 50 states well that's a lot to put on somebody
1: we've got a number of states already and uh but the ones we haven't covered yes absolutely in fact uh we're 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 looking full time into this sheila and not looking back i think where we want to be found when the Lord returns is in the field with our hand on the plow.
0: Amen, amen. Well, the fields are white, right?
1: Yeah, there's not four seasons. They're white now. There's not four <laughs> seasons that it's harvest. Okay, I hate, to, I hate
0: to laugh, but I mean it's it's almost you just laugh out of pure frustration.
1: Well, we curse the harvest, and that's a problem. Uh, we we say, "Oh, well, you don't know the people where I live and how it is," and and we're cursing the harvest that God said was plentiful.
0: Okay, what's the next step for listeners? to find out if there's anyone in their area I guess is A and then B how they can bring you out to their area I guess does that work sequentially or is that backwards
1: Well no actually if they go to our website the last reformationusa.com uh, in the on the tab up top they can they can get into uh, the events tab and if they click on that not on the submenus they can get into an area where they can fill out a form if they want to uh, help to bring this to their area. For those who want to do that, they can check in there, put in their information. And also, as far as we have our contact information, when you click on that, we're just starting now to get our Kickstarters. Uh, you'll see our Kickstarters is a menu, and people can click on that and see the different States where we have people. Uh, we're just now beginning to set up uh, on the new website. So, as we go out and train and equip for that state, we're putting people in that area. And when you have areas like Texas, with, which is huge, I think it's, we're probably going to have to cover four or five areas of that state to really get it saturated. And, um, but down the road, we, we intend to have trainers uh, in addition to Kickstarters. And these are the people that have caught this thing. And when you catch the Last Reformation in its fullness – then those are the people we want to send out to do what we're doing, essentially. They'd be the ones traveling and taking this out as well. So and the 20 Pioneer School lessons are also on the website. Uh, in, our, in our video section is sub submenu. They can pull up the 20 Pioneer School videos. And Torben right now is running a training school over in Denmark uh, with a hotel. They've got the Jesus Hotel where people can travel over there. And these are people that are willing to make a commitment of months. To leave it all behind, and so there are very few that are able to do that. But uh, for those who get the call of God to to put it all aside, they they're invited to come. And down the road, uh, shilla we're looking for that as well uh, on for North America. We're we're looking to get a number of people that are willing to completely commit themselves to this, where they can go out and these these are going to be key pivotal uh, figures in. Helping to do what we're doing in establishing this and really not just training and equipping groups, but again, tra- training trainers to get this out. It's, it's, uh, we're looking for exponential growth of this. And this is what we see happening. And I think the harvest is so plentiful. It's like going out into the harvest field with a basket and turning to pick a zucchini off one vine and a squash jumps off the other one when you're not looking. <laughs> we think of missions as going out but as we're lifting up Christ it's flowing two ways we're going out to outreach but what's happening is there's fruit jumping into our basket all the time when we're not looking
0: amen we're- so exciting well folks don blizzard's information is linked there at WeekendVigilanteBookmarkTheLastReformation.com. bookmark the lastreformation.com get the book the last reformation also, bookmark the usa.com If you're in North America, get in touch with Don. His information, folks, is also linked there at weekendvigilani.com. Folks, I highly recommend go to the Pioneer School training. Get watching those 20 lessons. Very powerful stuff. Very exciting. Tomorrow, Torben Sondergaard is on the program. It's going to be very good, folks. And I really want to hear from you. If you've decided to get started on the Pioneer School training, please get in touch with me. And we want to get you connected with other people in your area. Dawn, thank you so much for coming on the program. Folks, again, Dawn's information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com. I'm so excited for everyone to get this training. Bookmark, again, thelastreformation.com and the last reformation USA.com. let's connect people with others in their area very powerful i really believe god is moving powerfully in this it's very exciting to be a part of the great commission So folks, thank you so much for tuning into the program today and a big shout out to all the listeners tuning in at Worldwide Christian Radio, the new listeners at WINB and all of you tuning in from around the globe. Shoot me an email, folks, and let me know how you like the program. If you come across something fantastic or somebody very interesting you want me to bring on the program, do send me an email. I will be glad to do that. And folks, just a reminder, every Wednesday is our prayer group join us every Wednesday for fasting and praying. And it's very powerful what God is doing through this prayer group. So if you're a Holy Spirit filled believer, come pray with us every Wednesday. That's four o'clock Eastern time. There's more information on my website. And don't forget to sign up for my podcast. Click the big pink button on the right hand side of the website and follow me. Folks, thanks for tuning into the program tonight. Good night and God bless. The Sheila Zelinsky show is sponsored by stevequail.com, offering a wide variety of products, links, headlines and information for the end times. Order Steve's new book Little Creatures by visiting stevequail.com.
1: Dare to discover, learn, prepare and be amazed.